Hey, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode, and we are going to talk all about what you need to know for spring real estate market 2022. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls. Let's dive in. Hey, Bus Bench Babes. Um, Beth here doing a solo episode. And I just want to make sure that you have all of the latest and greatest information about the spring market, what's happening, especially here in the Midwest for spring market 2022. It is, it's crazy. It's started out really early. So let's let's dive into all the things. So I'm just going to be like, oh, whew, we're here again. <laughs> I feel like, like it's just on repeat. The market is hot. And I had someone recently ask me, they said, oh, you know, has there been a time like in the last year where things like slowed down for like a hot second? And I joked, I sort of like I was joking, but I wasn't joking. I said, honestly, you really could have gotten a deal on a house between Christmas and New Year's that week. There were some homes that were sitting and buyers just really weren't feeling it. And there were people putting houses on the market that week, which is kind of a weird time to list. I would say either before Christmas or after Christmas. But if if at that point, unless you have to sell, I probably would have held off until January. But you know, people list for a variety of different reasons. But literally there were deals to be had that week and January started and it just started to heat and heat and heat and and then now we're through February. February we really was like the kickoff to spring market. We have gobs of snow on the ground and the market's hot. But I have some great news for you. There are awesome things happening in the market for everyone, for buyers and sellers. So let's just really dive into this. Let's start with buyers. So buyers I get it. You might be feeling a little frustration. You might be like, I, we tried to get a house last year and we couldn't get one. I get it. You're, you're feeling, you're feeling the crunch. You're probably a little bit stressed out, but it is still really a great time to buy. Interest rates are still at near historic low values. I remember when I bought my first house, my interest rate was I don't know, somewhere in like seven to eight percent ballpark. And I was like, yeah, this is like a jackpot, awesome interest rate. And it's all relative, right? Like if you've had if you've lived through other eras of interest rates historically, you are gonna probably think to yourself that an interest rate around four percent is still freaking incredible. So what we've been told, the Fed is gonna raise interest rates, supposed to be four times this year. Currently, you know, we batch record podcasts. So currently, while you're listening to this podcast, 
this week that while I'm recording this, Russia invaded Ukraine. We haven't lived through like war times in a while. It's going to be interesting to see how interest rates, inflation, and all of those things here in the United States are affected by war that's happening in another part of the world. So that might be a little bit of a shakeup with what the Fed has talked about doing with interest rates. But from what I've been told and all the research that I've done and all of the experts that I um, am always like listening to and following, they're saying interest rates will probably be close to 4%, if, if not 4% by the end of 2022. That is still an awesome interest rate, in case you're wondering. It's still a fantastic interest rate. The awesome thing that's happening, though, with buyers is that values on homes are seeing double-digit appreciation. Like, that is truly incredible. It's been happening for the last few years. Um, It keeps happening. 2022 is predicted to be another double-digit appreciation. The great thing about that is, is that when you buy, well, there's there's double-edged sword to this. So when you buy a home, your home value is going up about 1% a month. That's just simply you living in the house. That's just normal appreciation, not you doing any fix-ups or anything like that or getting really aggressive on paying down your principal on your mortgage. Simply just owning a home and having a mortgage, your house is appreciating. On the flip side of that, though, is that if you're sitting on the sidelines and you're like, oh, I'm just not sure, maybe buying's not for me, maybe I'm going to wait this out a little bit more. Problem with that theory or that school of thought is right now is that with homes appreciating approximately 1% per month is that $300,000 house that you want to buy every single month, it's going up another 1%, another 1% another 1%. And that's been happening for the past handful of years. At some point, you're not going to be able to afford that house because I really doubt that your income is appreciating at the same rate that home values are. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. And I hope I'm not not scaring you with this information. My goal is for you to buy a home and to get into real estate and get into the real estate space of actually owning a home. Not because I need a bigger paycheck, because I want you to realize the joys, the benefits of homeownership, be able to take advantage of that. People create generational wealth through real estate investing. And that could be simply starting with a primary residence and then saying, hey, I actually like owning a house is really pretty cool. Now I'm like thinking about getting into flips or maybe having a long-term rental or or a short-term rental like an Airbnb. There's so many different ways that you can make money investing in real estate and real estate, owning real estate is one of the best ways to hedge against inflation. Having a home, homes generally appreciate in during times of inflation. So having a house payment that's a predictable house payment that you know exactly what to expect every single month is a great way to give yourself peace of mind. Um, a great way to help level out and secure a lot of, you know, a bigger ticket financed item within your household. So yeah, I'd say stop renting and get into the real estate space and real estate investing and homeownership as quick as humanly possible. Now let's talk to sellers. Sellers, 
Yeah, you know, like the selling, it's, they say it's a seller's market, but now is really the time if you've been thinking about selling for a while, or, you know, maybe this is the year where your last kid is off to college and graduating from high school and then heading off to college and you're like, okay, I don't need this big two-story house anymore. Maybe it's time for us to cash out some of this equity and pay cash for a single living house, like a one level house, or maybe it's time to have a property with an association so you can be footloose and fancy free and just pack things up for the winter and, you know, go South like all the rest of the smart people. Just joking. No, we've, we've had a lot of snow here this year and being a snowbird uh, sounds absolutely glorious to me, (laughs) but maybe it's time for you to cash out and, Really um, prep your home properly, hire an agent that really has a good grasp on what's going on in the market. Really now is not the time to be a for sale by owner. Please trust me when I tell you this. The real estate transaction is a really heavy duty thing and it is not something to uh, just think lightly about. It's a legally binding contract. There's a lot of things that you probably don't even know that you don't even know um, negotiating for the you know, negotiating in the best manner on your behalf, on your own, you know, for yourself, it usually doesn't end very well. You really need a professional that can market your home properly, that can help get multiple offers in the door. And then once you get multiple offers in the door, what exactly do you do with them? That's when a professional comes into play here. So sellers are really getting to write their ticket right now. And getting dream offers like you wouldn't believe. So if you're worried about where you're going to go, we've got a lot of uh, tips and tricks for that where we can help help strategize and get you an offer where you can only move once, where you don't have to have the hassle of moving twice. Um, There's some really great strategies in place that we've used with a lot of our sellers to just kind of take that worry and stress out of the equation and help focus on getting you into that next property and selling your home for top dollar. So yeah, we've got strategies for that. So reach out. I would say this season is also not a whole lot different from the last couple of springs that we've had. Um, We had just a little cooling off last fall, but not that homes depreciated by any sense of the words, but there were homes that sat on the market for maybe a split second longer than they would have in spring and summer. Um, things heated right back up in the, in, you know, winter time. And then, like I said, we had a little, a little, um, pause for maybe like Christmas week where not as many homes were a hitting the market or B selling really quickly. But overall, the last couple of years have been just really fantastic in in the real estate space. Inflation, I I touched on this earlier too. So inflation numbers are at the highest they've been in the last 40 years, but buying a home is going to be that best way to really have you have a steady and predictable thing in your life um, with owning real estate. I heard an interesting comment at one of my real estate conferences recently, and the speaker said, are we in a seller's market or a buyer's market? And almost everyone in the audience said, we're in a seller's market. So typically what it means to be in a seller's market is that if we have less than six months of available inventory for sale, 
that's always historically been what's called a seller's market. And then once we have over six months worth of inventory out there for, for sale, then it switches to be a buyer's market because the buyers have way more options and they have more leverage and they have more negotiating powers. So that's traditionally what real estate agents have always said about what is a seller's market versus what is a buyer's market. And it was interesting that the speaker said, I'm going to disagree with all of you. And we're all like, what? And he said, if you were a seller a couple of years ago, you if you would have waited until like selling in 2022, you would have even made more money than what you made a couple of years ago, even though a couple of years ago you made top dollar for your house. But even waiting a couple of years, you probably would have even made more money. And he said on the flip side of that, buyers that bought houses a couple of years ago are sitting on a bucket of cash and equity right now. And I'm like, wow, that is a really interesting way to think about that. Um, We had a client last year uh, close on a new construction property in February, and it was in a community that is continuing to build homes like crazy. They can't build them fast enough. And I, I actually had two clients move into the same neighborhood within just a couple of months of each other. And the one, the one set of buyers, I didn't think that they would like to live there. And then the other buyer, I thought for sure he would love living where he bought. And it turned out to be the exact opposite. The family that moved into this townhouse ended up loving it so much. They still love it. And the single guy that moved in there ended up hating it. He works nights and they're still doing a lot of construction in the area. And he's like, this just isn't for me. I'm like, okay, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? And he's like, I think I want to sell. He's like, but I'm really worried that I'm going to be in the hole. I'm like, well, let's let's look at numbers. I'm like, I don't think you're going to be in the hole. You might be more at more of like a break even point. But if you basically lived in a place for free for the last six months. So literally he closed in February and by the fall, um, he's like, this just isn't for me. So he put his place on the market. He ended up selling and making about thirty five thousand dollars. Um, yeah, $35,000. And he lived in the house for six months. The reason for that is, is that in the new construction neighborhood, the minute that the builder finished off a section of the new construction, they raised prices for the next section that they were opening because they were selling so quickly. Um, builders are doing that as a way to sort of slow down the buyer's from coming in and being like, yeah, this is it. We're going to, you know, and have the, you know, the builders sell 12 houses in a month. They're like, crap, we can't keep up with this. So every new phase that started, the price went up another, you know, 10 grand, 15 grand. So from when that neighborhood started, my goodness, the people that had moved in like three years earlier when it was originally built, they're sitting on like a hundred thousand dollars in equity. And it's so crazy to me that that this is sustainable a but b that you know we've been on such a long run of values going up and that there's no there's nothing out there that says it's going to turn anytime soon and that values are just going to plummet i don't think they're going to plummet i think at some point though they're going to have to taper off and stop seeing double digit appreciation but it was just interesting to think you know when the speaker said you know buyers are sitting on buckets of cash if they bought houses two years ago because home values are going up so steadily. 
And I'm like, yeah, I can totally relate to that because I have clients that have been in homes for a year or less than a year and the one decided to sell and he still made money. So that's not always the norm. You know, real estate, like anything, ebbs and flows. What now we consider sort of a seller's market, but buyers are also making a lot of money right now. At some point, it's going to shift. At some point, we're going to have enough inventory out there where where we're going to have more of a balanced market. And then eventually, it's going to shift back to be a buyer's market where we'll have a lot more inventory on the market. And sellers, guess what, sellers? You're actually going to have to work a little bit harder to sell your house. Um, Eventually, at some point, that is going to be the case. So a lot of this is just about shifting your mindset. I get buyers are scared right now. Um, They're not sure what's going to happen out there in the market and they don't want to overpay for a home, but with how homes are appreciating and, you know, a home has to be appraised. If you have a mortgage on it, the appraiser has to come in and give their non-biased idea of what the value is. And this is not like 0708 where you could influence the appraiser and say, Hey, I think I want this house to appraise for 400,000. And it's really only worth 300 gone are those days. Um, we don't have access to influence the appraisers. Like, like back in the day, there are so many lending restrictions in place now that are preventing crazy and illegal and, you know, fraudulent things happening in the real estate and mortgage world, which is great. We needed to have that in place. But yeah, I think just shifting your mindset. Um, I've had another question come up recently where people have talked about foreclosures and they say, I'm waiting for all these foreclosures to hit the market. And my question to them is like, what foreclosures are you talking about? So a lot of people took the forbearance option during COVID So they could say, oh, hey, I don't have to pay my house payment for X amount of months, maybe even up to a year during the height of COVID. And then you have a repayment plan. A bunch of different lenders did it, you know, did different methods. Sometimes people had to pay it back right away. Sometimes it gets tacked onto the end of the loan. Many people across the country are already, have already paid off their forbearance and now they're back to where they were pre-COVID with their mortgage and with how much they owe on their properties. What's different about right now versus when we were in the early 2000s and then when we had just gobs of foreclosures on the market is that if somebody's getting behind on their payments right now, um, like say someone lost their job and they could make their their ends meet when we were in the height of COVID and everybody was getting anyone that was on unemployment was getting all the extra unemployment money. And you're like, yeah, we could, we can make ends meet. And just maybe that person just hasn't found the right job and they're falling behind on payments. What we're seeing nowadays is that because people have so many and sellers have so much appreciation is that if somebody's falling behind on their payments, you just put your house on the market and you sell it. Chances are you're going to get some money out of it. Even if your home isn't in the best shape ever, obviously in the perfect world, a seller is going to prep their home and it's going to be just beautiful and ready to go. But that's not to say that homes that show like mediocre aren't selling. If they're priced right, they're selling. So if, you know, I just don't think that we're going to see this huge 
surge of foreclosures like a lot of people are hoping. And nobody wants that. If you have a bunch of foreclosures sitting in an area, especially if they're in your neighborhood, they're going to drastically affect what the value of your home is. So that's not anything that I wish upon even my worst enemy. So I don't think we're going to see that. I mean, if that's what you're banking on, that you're going to find this steal of a deal on a foreclosure, I think that you're probably going to be a little disappointed because I just don't think that we don't have hardly any foreclosures for sale right now in the Twin Cities. And I don't see that number going berserk anytime soon. Another thing to think about when you're like, oh, I would love to buy a foreclosure because it's such a great deal. A lot of foreclosures are not good deals. The reason being is that if a home is in foreclosure, it means that the buyer can't make the house payment. And like I just mentioned, so we're in a market right now that if someone can't make their house payment, they would just probably put their house on the market and make some money. And then they would just go back to being a renter or buy a less expensive house. But if you're not making your house payment, your credit's probably going to start being dinged up and you might have to be a renter for a while until you can repair your credit. But a lot of foreclosures, you know, back in the day, the reason that they were foreclosures is because people owed more money on the houses than what they were worth. So foreclosures, every once in a while, there's one that's actually kind of a deal, but it usually means that the condition of the house is not great. But if, um, if a house is in foreclosure and someone can't pay their house payment, chances are they're not doing a really good job of maintaining the house. So if you can't make your house payment, are you going to have somebody out to like check your furnace and maintain your furnace and have your house worked on? That's probably the last thing on your mind. If you're struggling to make your house payment, you're probably really letting home repair and home maintenance kind of go by the wayside. So foreclosures aren't the big screaming deal that a lot of people work them up to be in their heads. That was a total side tangent here, folks, but just wanted to give you a little bit of just a little bit of extra knowledge on foreclosures and what what my two cents on the foreclosure market is all about. So here's the thing. Let's wrap this up. People are always going to have a need to buy and sell real estate, right? You start out in your first home and then you meet someone and then you get married and have a baby and all of a sudden you're busting at the seams. Or you're on the other end of that. Your kids are graduating and they're heading off to college and you're in this huge rambling 3,000 square foot home and it's just two of you left. People are always going to have a need to buy and sell. It really doesn't matter what's happening with the economy. It doesn't matter what's happening with wars happening across the country or the world. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't really matter what's happening with interest rates. There will always be that need for people to buy and sell. And in my, in my opinion, humble or not, the last few years and 2022 are predicted to continue to be really fantastic years for selling and buying. But my recommendation is reach out to a professional. Reach out to our team. If you're local here in the Twin Cities, we would love to work with you. If you're looking for an agent in another part of the country, I have access to some of the greatest agents ever through my brokerage, through my coaching programs, um, just sort of like the cream of the crop agents across the country. So now more than ever, 
who you work with truly does matter. And um, I would love to put you in touch with a professional that will hold your hand, that will walk you through the process, that will help you buy a house for the lowest price and help you sell at the highest price. And I wish you nothing but continued success with your real estate endeavors. So until next time, bus bench babes, keep being the badass boss babes that you are and keep your face off a bus bench. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here. 